Welcome to the Soul Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, build a community of adventure junkies, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting and the outdoors, my mission is to help you live a bucket list life and move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Meet us here weekly as I connect with like-minded men and women to discuss health and mindset, accountability, life and entrepreneurship, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. Are you ready to join us on the experience of a lifetime? Pack your bags and get ready for this bucket list adventure in Sitka, Alaska. You show up and we'll take care of the rest. This seven day all-inclusive vacation will have you fishing world-class water, hiking some of the most beautiful parts of Alaska and kayaking through cascading mountains. Wake up and watch the whales from our luxurious home in the glow of the sunrise. Soak in this experience with a small group of passionate outdoor women and your private guides. Plan for fun-filled adventure by day and relaxing in the evenings in our stunning house hidden on our private beach. Register by November 18th, and not only will you save $500 on your dream vacation booking, but we'll also donate $500 to a fellow outdoor junkie, Christine Capan, as she's in the fight of her life with stage four metastatic breast cancer. Go to heroutdoorjourney.com forward slash Alaska for more details on the trip and how your Alaska bucket list adventure can help this incredible woman beat cancer. That's www.heroutdoorjourney.com forward slash Alaska. Today's episode is also brought to you by Maven Optics. If you haven't checked out Maven yet, you're missing out. Maven offers award-winning optics sold direct with no middleman and no retail markup. Head to mavenbuilt.com to check out their products from rangefinders with 4,500 yard ranging capabilities to introductory binoculars and their award-winning scopes. Use the code soulsummit-gift to get a little something extra just for listening to the podcast. That's mavenbuilt.com. Sawyer's line of water filtration products offers clean water solutions for any situation. From adventures in your favorite spot to traveling through remote quarters of the world, Sawyer set the standard for water filtration. These long-lasting, high-performance water filters start at just two ounces, which means you don't have to sacrifice weight in your pack on your off-grid outings. Head to Sawyer.com to see their full lineup of products or visit your local Bass Pro, Cabela's, REI, Shields, or Sportsman's Warehouse. Don't have a store close to you? You can find them on Amazon or locate a store near you by heading to Sawyer.com. Here we are jumping right into another episode of the Soul Summit podcast. And typically it requires me to hype myself up a little bit before recording a solo show. But today I'm incredibly excited because I am going to talk about one of the things that really inspires me and fuels me the most. And that is, of course, hunting but also just adventuring in the outdoors by myself, some solo hunts and building community among women. And that is one of the things I've truly found for myself, both personally and in my career that really just keeps me encouraged, inspired and motivated to continue to show up because I find so many 
incredibly uh, like-minded and passionate women who are out here to learn and grow and to encourage one another throughout the process. And it's really cool because this is kind of the follow-up to my last hunt in Kodiak, Alaska. And it's kind of crazy if you think about how the entire Kodiak trip transpired to begin with. Um, I had gone on a sheep hunt um, a couple months ago back here in September and had a plus one come on the trip. And she was invited by a really good guy friend, Zach Kenner. And he's like, hey, can Emily Thompson come along? So just for context, I had never met this chick before in my life, didn't know who she was. And she joined on the trip. We had a good time. Um, you guys have probably heard a little bit about that story. If not, that you can find it on the Her Outdoor Journey YouTube channel. It's called Feast or Famine. It was a really fun trip. Um, but anyway, long story short, Emily joined on this trip and about two weeks before we headed out on this trip to Kodiak, she gave me a, a ring and she's like, Hey, any chance you're crazy enough to want to come to Kodiak with me and hunt deer. And of course I talked to my husband and we kind of rolled things around and kind of figured out what that would look like. And then I was like, yes. Um, and then I was joined um, by, of course, Emily, who had invited me and one other female who I didn't even know the name of before this trip. So um, all of that, just to say, sometimes building community and friendships with the people who share passions with you doesn't look conventional. It's not like you have a lifelong history. You went to high school with them, grew up with them. It can look like all sorts of things. So um, I often hear from people that they're struggling to build community or find people that they can connect with, go on hikes with, adventures, hunt, whatever, um, because it's kind of a taboo thing um, to build these relationships with people you don't potentially know. Um, so I want to talk a lot about that today. I also want to talk about just kind of a little more backstory and how I grew up hunting. Uh, the things that I feel like I did learn, the things that I feel like were very um, important that I never learned, never really talked about. Um, I also want to talk about just like how to fill in the gaps, find resources, and really how to build your confidence, whether it is car camping by yourself, going on road trips by yourself. You know, I can remember back to uh, one of the events, the archery women's event I did in New Mexico, uh, like three or four years ago. And I never really traveled, you know, by myself, hadn't road tripped by myself. And um, I did this tour from, I flew into Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then I got a rental car and I drove through um, all over through Colorado and into Denver. And it was really an incredible trip. But the idea of just like getting in a car, you know, driving across, you know, multiple states by myself and doing this was like definitely outside of my comfort zone. But it's been in that experience that I felt like I initially started to like find my wings and learn that, hey, I'm more capable and more confident that I even understand about myself. And I think the more that we nurture that discomfort, the more we find out we do have the power to overcome the difficult things. So I want to talk about solo adventuring. Um, I also want to talk about some tips for how to get outdoors and kind of initiate that start. Maybe you're, you were in a relationship with somebody and they kind of were your segue into, you know, hunting, fishing, hiking, something like that. And now they're no longer there. 
or maybe you're a single mom or a single parent or somebody who just wants to learn, like, how do I even get started? I really have a passion for the outdoors. I'd like to explore more and make these memories, but I don't really know how to start and how to do it in a way that keeps me safe and feeling like I can control uh, my situation and really be kind of uh, prepared for anything. So we're going to talk about all those things today. Um, but really, I just want to dive right into talking about kind of my back history with growing up hunting. Um, you may or may have heard the stories. Uh, my dad was an avid outdoorsman. He was always hunting. Um, he primarily deer hunted, but occasionally would elk hunt as well. And, you know, he was really selfless in the fact that he always invited us or invited my mom to bring the kids over. And, and she did. And, you know, so from the time I was really young, I had the exposure to the outdoors, to camping, to, you know, fishing. But I, there were so many things. And obviously, you know, depending on who you are and how you do things, you know, your entry looks totally different than somebody else's. And that's okay. And it should be that way. We're all exposed to different things. We all have different experiences. But mine was such that, you know, every year I'd get to go over and join my dad at deer camp. And from a really young age, I was just really taken by that. I was inspired. I thought it was cool. I liked the outdoors. And I remember thinking so many times, like vividly, and I, I have a lot of like very gray dreams, you know, or, or memories, I should say. But something that is so like just sticks out to me was how many times as a youngster, I'd be out with my dad, we'd be either driving around or hiking around and I'd look at something. It could be a rock or rock formation or a big tree or just something, you know, unique or sometimes it was even the leaves on the ground. And I remember having this thought and it's so rudimentary, but I was just like, I wonder if anybody has ever seen this before. And it was this just ignition of curiosity for me to start exploring more of these untouched places, whether people had been there or not. Um, it's just this idea that you're not surrounded by the comforts of society. You can't just pop into a store. You can't just go over and get warm or tap into water all the time. You know, there's all of these luxuries that we have in our normal day-to-day -day lives that I just really enjoyed out there. It feels primal. It feels like it's kind of down in my roots. And, you know, for me, it was kind of always a spark, something I really, really enjoyed. And he did things, you know, he taught me, you know, how to track, how to read sign, how to, you know, age animals based on their hoof shape and things like that. But things that I didn't understand for sure growing up is that I didn't understand conservation. I didn't understand management of population. I didn't understand how harvesting the most mature of animals can actually help a population. Um, I didn't understand a lot of map reading or topography or how to read the best sign for, you know, feed or where animals are going to go want to shelter and bed. And so, of course, I'm saying all of this to just say there were things that I knew on a very surface level for most of my growing up in the outdoors. And it's not until I've really continued in my 20s and my 30s that I really wanted to continue to deep dive into the things that make hunting what it is. Conservation certainly is important. Um, understanding species and habits and the importance of projects like water restoration and habitat. And it's so impactful that I think if you're somebody who's listening in today and you're saying, you know, I really like to hunt, I've done it a few times, but I want to become a little bit more involved. 
I want to know how to do things a little bit more efficiently or effectively, or I want to become more successful. Maybe you've had, you know, a handful of tags and several of them, if not all of them have gone unnotched. Trust me, I have so been there. I think every hunter has been there. And I just want to gently remind you that hunting is like anything else. It's a learning curve. It's a practice. The average person doesn't go out and hunt all year long. Most people will have a couple tags that they go out and try to fill. So it's not something that you're doing all the time. And I say this because I think your influence, the resources that you tap into, the people who mentor you, uh, the information that you're constantly soaking up is a really good way to fill in the gaps in what you know 11 months out of the year and what you apply one month out of the year, if that makes sense. So I think resource is really important. And so many times I hear people say, well, how do I get started hunting? You know, maybe I have my grandpa used to hunt or my grandma used to hunt or my dad did or whatever, but they never really taught me. Um, A lot of times I'll hear women say, you know, it was always the guys, the guys would always go, but the girls, the daughters, the wives that, you know, were never invited. And it seems a little bit like crazy in my mind because it's such a part of who I am. It's also a part of what I do in my line of work to help inspire women to hunt harder, to be more effective and to be more successful in their confidence Um, but it's so true. Like many of us grew up, um, if you were from a hunting family, it was the influence of the males that were going out and providing wild game or getting to go on these hunts. And sometimes even the fishing or camping experiences and the women would stay at home. And it seems like this concept in my mind should have been like so far removed from the present day, but it's not. And it continues to be something that is really still ingrained in a lot of families in our um, society now that a lot of the women aren't out there doing the hunting. And that's okay because the really great thing is there are so many resources and places that you can learn anything from your state agency. So here I'm currently in Oregon and we can look online. We can go to um, ODF&W, Oregon Fish and Wildlife Department or fish and game. Um, and you can just find different classes. They do classes on pheasants. I mean, I won't get into all the things, but look at a state agency level to figure out what is being offered in your area. Also, hunter's education is incredibly important. Um, just getting familiar with hunting ethics um, and being able to do things in a way that will help you be more successful. I think, honestly, even if you're looking at something like a hunter safety, which to some people can be a very entry-level, rudimentary, um, basic understanding, it can actually, if you really think about what they're teaching you, it can give you a good understanding and foundation to get started, to understand how to handle a weapon safely, how to have muzzle control, how to look at different shot opportunities as like, yes, a good shot or no, not an ethical shot. Um, There's so many different ways that I think a good hunter safety course and education can help really give you that foundational understanding um, so that you can apply. But then outside of those factors, there's so many things and certainly popping up more and more all the time. You see these uh, women's events, you know, certainly there are for other areas, for men, for families, for youth, Um, There's lots of different camps and events going on for this continued education 
Um, but look online, reach out to people, reach out to me. There are so many different things going on. I can think of, you know, from just like a recreation and confidence building standpoint, there's Soar and Summit up in Alaska and they're doing things like, you know, weekend retreats, helping you work on healing past trauma so that you can build your confidence and learn to grow into who you are. Um, there are things like, um, uh, her wilderness co that does, um, lots of different camps, whether it's waterfowl hunting or field dressing. Um, there's uh, candy. Yao does a ladies hunting camp here in Oregon. And I think she started to expand in some other States. So if you are really truly somebody who wants to find resources to learn, to educate yourself, it's everywhere. So don't use the excuse of you don't know, because the uh, list of people who are willing to help the already implicated like classes and structures and events that are going on to help you build your skills. They're everywhere. Yes, they might not all be created equal, but nonetheless, there is a saturation of people, a saturation of men and women in the outdoors who really want to help this next generation uh, really become inspired, knowledgeable and successful in the field. So that's certainly everywhere. Um, you know, and I think sometimes even for somebody who's been hunting a long time, or here's an example for myself, you know, I grew up from, you know, started hunting on my own tags at 11, started coming to camp at like five. Um, there, again, like I said, there were so many things that I didn't understand. There were so many areas like, you know, gutting out my own animals that, you know, my dad just always did that. I would watch him, I would be there, but doing something hands-on is different. And I think so filling in the gaps, whether you are somebody who would say you have a good understanding of hunting in the outdoors, uh, you could hop into a new species and kind of figure it out because a lot of hunting is very universal. Read the sign, read the wind, read the terrain, uh, look for safety, water, bedding, food. Um, what else are they going to do? They're going to breed. So there's a lot of like basics in hunting that kind of blanket over everything and most of the species. Um, but filling in the gap sometimes is just like pursuing a new hunt. And I'll give you an example for myself. Um, I, again, grew up mostly uh, hunting mule deer and then transitioned into hunting the west side of Oregon, which is Columbia blacktail. And so I would say my understanding of mule deer hunting and blacktail hunting is pretty, pretty good. Um, I can, I have that down, but let's say like archery elk hunting has been something that's been new to me in the last five, six years. And so that learning curve for me has looked like investing in things like the elk collective or hopping on YouTube and watching call series, reaching out to people like Corey Jacobson and, you know, asking questions or hitting up um, Rocky and just saying, Hey, like, I'm going to send you a, a voice memo and it's going to have me calling. Like, is this the sound that you would make to cow call? Is this the sound that you would make for a locator bugle for elk? Um, and just being willing to step out and learn. I think so many times people are afraid of failure. They're afraid to look like they're new. But you know what? I want to remind you, being new is great. It's such a wonderful place because the slate is clean and you have so many opportunities to invest in your learning, your growth, and your understanding of the things that you want to pursue. Um, again, things like going out and hunting a new species. Uh, here's another example. You know, I, I black bear hunted in Oregon, but this year I went up to Alaska and hunting spring Alaska black bear can look very different to how we hunt 
a spring black bear in Oregon. Um, also to understanding that uh, not all regions are going to be hunted in the same way. Uh, so far, you know, our, our experience up in Sitka, Alaska on Baranoff Island, where my husband is stationed, is there's no land access. So up there, if we want to go hunt Sitka blacktail, we're going to get in our boat, we're going to head out on the water, we're going to find a spot, we're going to, you know, anchor up the boat, take our little dinghy, head to shore, and that's how we're going to hunt. Here in Oregon, if we want a Columbia blacktail hunt, there are so many areas with land access, whether that's good or bad, that's a whole nother topic, but we can get in a car, we can drive around, we can blast units, we can, you know, the, what you're looking into, the timber is different. Um, we have um, obviously logged areas here. So we have these big, wide open, clear cut spaces um, as opposed to Sitka. It's just very different. So I think, you know, if you're really somebody who's wanting to like build this expanse of knowledge in hunting, just start doing something different. And I know it's so easy to say, yeah, just go out and hunt something new. And everybody can say, well, time or money or uh, resource. I can't, I can't, I can't. But I want to remind you if you can. And I know that because I'm just an average girl out here doing the same thing. I'm inspired to learn something new. I'm incredibly encouraged and motivated and empowered by the challenge of trying to understand something that is brand new. And so if you are really honestly wanting to take that next level and go do the thing, go freaking do the thing, schedule it in. Maybe it's not going to happen until 2024. That's okay. Maybe it can't happen until your, you know, two-year-old baby is a little more independent and you have somebody that can help you at home or you feel comfortable leaving them. That's okay. Because what you can do in the interim is you can be learning the things that you want to go and pursue. Maybe it's call strategy for elk. Maybe it is a blind setup scenario for turkey. Um, maybe it's understanding how to hunt whitetail, which to me is like way outside of anything I know because here on the western side of Oregon and my time in the Pacific Northwest, that's not something I've done. Um, and, you know, so again, I just really want to press upon you because I hear this all the time. People are saying, I want to go do the thing. I want to go on that hunt. I want to go learn that animal. I want to go see that place. You can do it. And you have every resource. I don't care how much money is in your bank account. I don't know how pressed for time you are. I don't care how busy or chaotic or stressful anything is. The things that are passionate, the things that are important to you, you will find time for. And if not, maybe they're not that important to you. So I just want to remind you that you are totally capable. Nothing is outside the, the grasp of, uh, you know, pursuing the experience, the adventure, the thrill. Um, you know, it's crazy because I feel like, honestly, sometimes the most confident I feel comes right after the moments of doubt where I go, maybe I'm not good enough or tough enough or smart enough. Maybe I'm not, you know, mentally strong enough to endure this. Maybe I'm not physically, you know, strong enough to go on that experience. But the times where I just stop listening to the doubt that I have inside myself, that rolls around in my head, that sometimes won't turn off. The moment I'm like, stop, don't listen to that. You know, the, the moment that I rewrite the narrative between can't and can, it's when I start to build that confidence in myself to go pursue things 
that from the surface level outside looking in, I would say, oh, I can't do that. That's too hard. That's too big. That's too far. That's too whatever. And we're so much more capable than we ever give ourselves credit for. So that's my little soapbox about can't. You absolutely can. So, you know, another thing that I want to talk about is uh, the fact that not everybody has somebody that can go mentor them or teach them. And you can certainly learn a lot from being online, from forums, from resources, classes, education, events. Absolutely, hands down. I think being really involved and having that hands-on approach is a very vital piece to putting it all together. But I also feel like you are able to start building that community with other people with, you know, maybe you are a female that is like me. I didn't grow up having a bunch of girlfriends. Um, In fact, having girlfriends is a pretty new concept to me because I was always one of the guys. I was always picking legs off of spiders. And I know that sounds really mean, sorry, spiders, Um, or going hunting, you know, there was never any other chicks in camp. And so I think it kind of just was ingrained in me that I was like more of one of the guys. I was the tomboy girl that was just going out and doing do things. Um, and so building that can look really intimidating. And as much as I feel like sometimes social media can be a very negative space, it can be a very um, quick slippery slope into comparison or uh, self-doubt or insecurities, I absolutely 110% love social media for the fact that it is an incredible place to connect, to build community, to empower, to support, to learn from other people, specifically if you're like me, other women who are built like you, who want to do the things that you want to do. Like, heck, I can't ever have imagined before this recent day and age, this like this coming to fruition of what happened at Kodiak, I would have never, ever, ever, literally, I can't even like say enough, like nevers about this. I would have never said I would go to Kodiak, Alaska and hunt with two basic strangers. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get back into the show, have you had the chance to check out Baku e-bikes? If you're ready to add some fun to your hunts and make getting to and from your hunting spot a little faster and easier, go take a test ride on one of these electric bikes at the Baku headquarters in Ogden, Utah. Just be aware, your hunts are about to be a lot more fun. Use the code HEROUTDOORJOURNEY to save $300 at checkout. That's B-A-K-C-O-U.com. But guess what? I did. And the reason I did is because over time, I've built confidence in myself, in my capabilities, but I've also, as much as I've built confidence, I've also deconstructed this narrative or this idea or the self-doubt that I've had that I can't do these hard things. And maybe it's because I have the support of friends. Maybe it's because I have the support of a husband who encourages me to go out and do these scary things. Or maybe it's because I've started to build this community of women who help empower me to do the things. So if you're feeling like you don't have a community, I highly encourage you to send me a message. Reach out, send me a DM, tell me like, hey, I'm hungry to build community. I'm probably going to ask you where you're from, what you want to do. And I'm probably going to try to connect you with people who are already in your area. 
because sometimes we just don't see or don't know that there's an organization 10 miles away. Here's another example. Uh, this last summer, we did our 2022 women's events. We do archery, beginner and advanced, as well as some backpacking trips to build confidence off grid. And at one of the camps, in fact, Archery 1.0, which was the first one that we did for the year, which we do every year, um, I had four women come to camp who were basically neighbors who did not know each other. And those same four women came back to every one of my camps last year, this year, and have now built friendships. They're now hiking together. They're now hunting together. They're now doing things. And it's crazy because they lived right next to each other. You know, we talked about this in the episode with Paisley Wartman um, about her, you know, like she is one of those women, like she came in, she was from Prince of Wales Island. She grew up in Alaska. And for most people, I think you would probably think, okay, a chick that grows up in Alaska has got to be pretty tough, really, you know, sure of herself, confident, um, able to do the damn thing, which she is. But Paisley also talks about how she had some of those reservations, how she kind of went through this lull and didn't have confidence in herself. She didn't want to get outside as much. She was having a hard time understanding the differences between Alaska life and what that looks like and the Oregon outdoors, which is totally different. It's not harder, it's not easier, it's just different. And so sometimes the things that we don't know are the things that keep us locked into this box of comfort. But now that Paisley has come into that camp, she's met these three other women who were, again, practically her neighbors. She now has somebody, one, to kind of like bounce that mentorship off of, right? They're all learning. They're all moving in different directions and doing similar things. And they get to like support one another, right? Every one of the 95 women that registered for last year's events now has this integrated support system. And this is, this is just an example from our camp situation because I know this intimately. But this is across the board. You can find this in... Uh, forums. You can find this on blogs. You can find this within personal brands or big companies. You can find this in your local archery shop if you have a good shop. Not all shops are created equal. Um, but there really is a good resource. So if you're feeling like you're lacking that community, I highly encourage you, one, start by reaching out to me or start by reaching out to somebody um, in this space. Uh, start by reaching out and just saying like, hey, I want to feel that. I want to have that connection. I want to have girlfriends that go out and we can do these things together. Um, I think it's really important to have that support. Do I think it's the end all be all? Do I, I think you have to have it? Probably not, but I think it's pretty damn important to feel supported and empowered and the things that make you feel so alive. Um, so talking about feeling so alive, would you say that you are somebody who would just say, yep, I'm going to pack my bags, throw some stuff in the car. We're going to head out camping, you know, me and my kid or my, just myself or me and my dog. Most women would say, no, I don't feel confident enough in myself or my surroundings or my navigation or, you know, any of my defense mechanisms to just go solo alone. And it's okay because I, raising my hand, totally used to be the girl that could not go alone. 110% hands down, I couldn't go alone. See, I grew up hunting with my dad 100% of the time. And I grew up 
hunting right next to my dad almost 100% of the time. So from the time I was 11 to the time I was, I don't know, 24, you know, when we stopped hunting together or so, I was always with him. If I wasn't right next to him, I was within 100 yards. I wasn't going out and doing things by myself and building that confidence over time. So when it came to the moment where, you know, my dad's parents got terminally sick and he just stopped, he wasn't able to make the time to go hunting. And I found myself at this like kind of conundrum, like, okay, Courtney, like either now you're going to have to find other people to fill those shoes or you're going to have to do it yourself or you're going to have to stop. I knew that I was going to have to just make it happen. I didn't at the time have a community of people. I did not have a network of girlfriends. I did not have a network of, you know, other even men that hunted. I was just, it's what I did growing up. It's not necessarily something that I surrounded myself by. So I started by going on road hunts. I mean, what else would I do? Right. So I would get in the car, I would grab my rifle, I would go drive out in the woods, and then I would honestly be terrified to ever have to get out of my car to go do anything like stalk an animal. Um, And it's ridiculous to me now. It feels so crazy to say it. But my confidence was one, will I get lost? Two, will I get mauled by a bear or eaten by a cougar or, you know, kidnapped by some lunatic out in the woods? All very real thoughts. But I was living in that fear mindset instead of my confidence mindset. I was living in a mindset where I was looking at the worst situation, which is fairly unlikely, instead of doing things that allowed me to continue my education, to build confidence in myself, to grow and to learn. And I will never forget the day. So I did these I did these solo, you know, um, uh, truck hunting days. I'd go out, I'd drive around, I'd see animals, you know, I was kind of okay, but I'd always come back before dark. And, um, I remember the day that I thought, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to go hike out a little ways. And I don't know, I made it a few hundred yards from my rig and I sat there and I just kind of, you know, sat in the unit and waited and listened. And the entire time, practically, I was just you know, scared something bad was going to happen or what if somebody comes down here or, you know, what if an animal pops out? And it took me again, years and years and years to feel like I could do that with confidence. And, you know, I would say even over the last five or six years, my confidence has exponentially grown because I'm practicing doing the things that make me worry that make me feel doubt, that make me feel fear. Another example would be going to Alaska the first time I was ever invited to Alaska. And I actually remember, it's so crazy how obsessed I am with Alaska now, considering the fact that a billion years ago, I dated a guy who lived in Alaska and I thought, gross, that's Alaska. Like I never, that like seems like the moon. I never want to go there. No kidding. Literally had that thought, probably even told him that. Um, and now it's like one of my favorite places on the planet. It has, Alaska has given me such power. It has boosted my confidence in a way that honestly is, I can't put into words. Coming back from this last trip to Kodiak, I felt like I had wings shooting out of the back of my spine. I thought there's nothing I can't do. We're in elements, it's 10 degrees, it's blowing sideways, it gusts of 50 miles an hour, I'm uncomfortable, I'm tired, you know, there's brown bears as big as the freaking car outside, like, I did that, 
I did that with two strangers. And not only did we do that, but we came back successful. I came back tagged out with three gorgeous bucks with a freezer full of meat as well as they did. And so that confidence, again, to like have come from a place where I was filled with doubt and worry and didn't have community, didn't feel like I had enough, like I was smart enough, you know, good enough, um, successful enough to do it. I hope you guys are hearing me right now, because if I can do this thing, that's hard, that's scary, that could definitely be somebody's hell no, this can absolutely be your hell yes. This can be the point which you go, I've wanted to do the thing too. And now I'm going to do it. I'm going to pursue my dreams. I'm going to hunt that species that I've always wanted to. I've all, I'm going to book the bucket list trip or I'm going to go do the bucket list thing because no matter who you are, no matter how much money you make or what your family looks like or the struggles in your life or anything you have going on right now, no, nothing compares to the fact that you can do anything you set your mind to. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's going to take work. Maybe take budgeting, time off, support system, uh, learning, growing, building community, finding friends, finding mentors. But you absolutely control those things. A hundred percent. So stop making excuses if that's you. And hey, if it's not you, if you do want to go do the thing and you just haven't pulled the trigger, pull the damn trigger because it's too short not to. Save your money. Do the things. But you'll get there. I promise you. Okay, so let's go back to what I was talking about before I saw the squirrel. Tips for solo adventure. Now, this is stuff that hopefully everybody has heard before. And these are things and pieces of advice that hopefully everybody is already doing because I feel like on a very surface level, these are the things that everyone should have in their pocket to keep them safe. And again, getting out exploring as a solo woman, it's really hard. Um, for me, it's not even, I've, I've bypassed this whole idea of predators. And I even told my mom the other day, who's, God bless her, very scared of a lot of things. I said, mom, if I'm going to be bear crap, I'm going to be bear crap. Like I've, I've just come to terms with that. Yes, I'm smart. Yes, I'm cautious and aware and prepared. But if at the end of the day, like my story is that I'm mauled by a bear and turned into a pile of bear crap. Okay. That sucks, but it happened. So stop living in fear. It can be intimidating, but you totally got this. Um, again, number one thing I hear from women is that they're not confident going and adventuring uh, solo. So I will say, start small. Just like I was telling you how I would go out and I would do the driving. I would drive around and kind of road hunt and start there. Maybe you go for a Sunday drive. Maybe you just go out to the hunting unit that someday you want to go and successfully hike around and, and kill an animal. Maybe that's where you start. It doesn't have to be a trip to Kodiak, Alaska, right? It doesn't have to be what your end goal is. You don't start there. Just like if you are somebody who has never ran a race, you're not going to start with a marathon. I mean, maybe you will. Maybe you're crazy enough to do that. Good for you. But the chances of you starting at a marathon level, probably not going to enjoy it. Probably going to be scary. Probably going to just like not really enjoy that. So start small. Start with things like, you know, going right around your home uh, or to a local park or to a local um, national park that has a good, good trail system. Um, you know, those kind of things can be a really easy way to start just tiptoeing, you know, put your toe in the water, test the temperature, see if you like it. And if you do that, you know, once a week for a year, 
once a week or, you know, once every, you know, couple months, you go and you hit a new national park where you go and you hit a new trail system. I promise you that over time, you will build your confidence because it's exposure, right? It's just like lifting weights. You're going to become more capable at the thing you're doing more of. So um, also prepare. Don't just, don't just like be listening to this podcast right now. I know you're feeling fired up. I'm feeling pretty fired up today. But don't just listen to this podcast and like, all right, you turn. I'm going to go out. And I'm going to go, you know, hike to the top of this peak. Go prepared. You'll feel more confident in yourself once you're out there. You'll feel more comfortable. Pack snacks, bring water. Uh, certainly a communication device is really important. Um, little side side note here. I use an inReach. I keep the active uh, subscription all year long at the base level. So it's like $14.99 a month or something like that. Don't quote me, but something right around there. And then I know all the freaking time that I carry that inReach, which is, you know, an inch and a half, two inches big. I can have a way to communicate if something were to ever happen. And that's from, from a recreation level, from a hunting level, or, you know, I'm stuck on the past. There's a snowstorm. I can still send a message to somebody down at home. Hey, can you pick up the kids from school? I'm stuck on the pass. Um, or, you know, you can have it on the trail if you ever needed it or, you know, had an injury on trail. It would also be incredibly useful for that. So I think a communication device is important. Um, I just, just rumor mill heard that Costco has them, maybe put it on your Christmas list. Um, a communication device is really important. There are certainly others. I just not familiar with them. Uh, Garmin mini, uh, is always what I've used. So the inReach mini, um, and then also take a sidearm. If you're somebody that carries a sidearm, I will say the caveat to that is please be educated with your sidearm. It's not going to do you any good. In fact, I think statistically they say if you are somebody that carries a sidearm and you don't know how to use it, it's probably more likely to be used against you. So be proficient, carve out the time. If you do nothing else, and I would actually say the first thing that you should do is become uh, aware of how to use your pistol, um, how to load, unload, chamber around, take out the safety, handle, fire, all those things safely, 100%. Because again, uh, it's not going to do you any good. In fact, it could be a weapon that's used against you if you're not confident. So right now, today, if that's you, look into some education, uh, look into some local resources or a defensive shooting class or concealed weapon carry is a great place to start because they will give you a lot of those basics and how to handle um, and, and carry responsibly. Um, but again, just go prepared. Take a little pack with you. Have a little snack. Have some water. Um, if you're traveling somewhere cold, have layers, hand warmers, gloves, beanie, uh, you know, neck gaiter. Uh, appropriate footwear is really important. So, um, and, and two, I will say, uh, if you're listening to this, maybe you're a boyfriend or a husband or, you know, a partner looking to take your other, your partner for the first time. Make sure they're comfortable because anytime I have a dude that jumps online, they'll send me a DM and they say, you know, like, oh, I really want to get my wife or girlfriend into the outdoors. I really want them to like express interest. And I think they really want to, I wish I could do like a good, like dude voice right now, but uh, that would make the story better. But you know, them asking like, how can I basically get them out there? The number one thing I always say to them, make sure they're comfortable. Because if somebody's first experience, and this goes, this is true for anybody, especially for kids, especially for women, if their initial impression of a hunting, hiking, adventure, camping, whatever situation is uncomfortable, cold, hungry, tired, just gross, 
you're probably not going to get them hooked in, right? So do whatever you would do for, you know, your kiddo or your friend or your partner to get them comfortable. Make sure you're doing the same thing and being prepared for yourself. I think that's really, really important. Um, also, just being aware. Um, pay attention to where you are. Be present and don't let yourself get distracted. That's whether you were going shopping at the local grocery store or if that is you taking an adventure at a local trailhead. Um, always be super aware of who's around you, where are they parked, who's you know still in their car. Um, I I don't know if I want to get into the story, but uh, I will because I think it's important not to scare you, but only to just really impress upon you that awareness is really key. I uh, was pulling into one of my um, like neighborhood. Essentially, I live out in the country, but it's a it's a very well known hiking trail. It's called Mount Pisgah. In fact, if you follow Cameron Haynes. Uh, he talks about Mount Pisgah all the time. So same, same trail, different side. He usually, I believe, goes on the west side. I usually take the east side because it's close to my house out here, uh, rural. And um, so I, I've, I've probably hiked Mount Pisgah hundreds. I mean, hundreds of times. In fact, I used to do it twice a day. I was doing it when I was competing a lot. Um, hike Pisgah, I know, the back, know it like the back of my hand. And I pulled in, like I said, to the Eastside Trail, which doesn't get a ton of traffic. And um, there was a car that pulled in behind me. I sat in my car for a minute and there was nobody else in the parking lot. And this car pulled out or pulled in and they parked um, between me and the trail head entrance. And it was two guys in a silver Honda Accord. And they got out of their car and kind of like acted like they were just kind of messing around. Granted, I don't want to be judgmental, but I will say that they were not in anything that I would consider hiking or recreating attire. And initially, I would say actually immediately, that gut instinct in me just was like, nope, not a good situation. And uh, they were then standing in the back of the car. I got out of the car. I should have left. And I started getting my pack together. And I, um, they're not doing anything. They're not getting ready to go hike. They're just kind of standing there watching me. And I grabbed my phone out of my pocket and I tried to call my husband and he didn't answer. So I just continued to pretend like I was on the phone, walk past them, acknowledge them, look them in the eye, kept going. I believe in the pit of my stomach and the core of my being that those men were not there to break into my car. I don't believe that those men were there for any reason other than harm. And um, I ignored that. And, and to be totally candid with you, in my head, I thought to myself, don't be a judgy bitch. But what I was muting was that, that intuition, that gut feeling that actually told me the situation wasn't good. So I got, I got about 400 yards. I kept looking behind me, didn't see them. Hiked up to the top, came back down, and when I did, the windows of my car were bashed in. And there was nothing in my car. I didn't even lock it. It was just, it was just a, it was just a situation, just a really awful situation. So had I listened to that intuition, I could have saved myself a lot of money. Um, potentially, it had things gone a different direction, I could have been hurt um, or worse. I don't know. Um, so always be aware, always be prepared and always, um, stay present because it's easy to get distracted by a phone. So always, always, always stay just aware of your situations and your surrounding. Um, again, whether that is just doing things in town, 
um, driving around, walking to your car, just be present. Um, if you're like me, I'm somebody who routinely will multitask. Um, so even today I wrote an outline for an upcoming podcast while I was out running the dogs. Um, I did it in an area where it was very open, where I felt very safe, but still I would say probably not smart. Always be looking around, knowing what's going on. Um, and then get yourself in the habit. If you ever really do feel like something is not right, listen to your gut. Trust that instinct. It is okay to be judgmental in those situations because it can be life saving and life changing. Um, so always, always, always listen to that instinct. Um, and another one is communication. So if you're going to go out and go camping, certainly tell somebody where you'll be going and when you expect to be come, coming home. Could be the same thing if you're going out on a hunt or a hike um, or just general recreation. Make sure that somebody knows your game plan because if nobody knows that you're missing and that you didn't come back home, nobody knows who's looking for you. So at a surface level, make sure that somebody knows. Um, even if maybe you can say, you know, I'm I live in a state, I don't really have a support system, I don't have family here. Um, tell somebody that's out of state. Um, let somebody know that hey, I'm gonna check in with you tonight by 7 p.m. Um, have a game plan because that's really, really important. Again, if people don't know that something's wrong, nobody can come and try to help you. So always stick to your plan. Um, and then another thing is, you know, try taking somebody. I know maybe not everybody has that, that you know, friendship or somebody that wants to come and adventure with you, but reach out, see if you can find somebody. Um, again, if you're somebody who's really intimidated by going out and starting these adventures and going out and doing things solo, um, maybe just try to find somebody that wants to do these little excursions with you to help you build your confidence. And maybe over time, they'll be more confident and they'll want to go with you more, or you will, on the contrary, just have built so much confidence in yourself that you can start segueing into doing things alone. Um, also, if you are going somewhere without communication or likely to not have service, I would highly recommend having maps downloaded. I use Onyx. Um, I use them all the time for everything going anywhere. Um, I have so many Onyx waypoints, honestly, it's probably bogging my phone's memory down at this point, but that's okay. Um, and you can use it. So here's an example. Say that you're gonna go into an area that you wanna scout for your next hunting season. You download the offline version of the map on Onyx, and then you can obviously look to see where you're going. You'll have those map layer systems down. And then you can mark, say you're going to take three left turns. You can mark a waypoint at those turns or track yourself. So one, if you track your route in, you can always look on your tracker on the way back, given the fact that you hopefully saved it. And then you can navigate that track back to get back out of the woods. Or you can do the waypoint option, which is like, say, hey, at this left, I drop a waypoint so that I know how to turn here. At the next one, when I turn right, I drop a waypoint there so that I know how to get back. I honestly, I don't know, you know, and obviously we talked about this regionally, not all area is created the same, but here in Oregon, sometimes on these, you know, uh, back roads, we're having, you know, we drive a lot of uh, logging roads. It can be really easy to be like, was it that left? Did I turn there? Like things can look so similar that um, if you're not really familiar with an area, you can drive in circles and kind of get yourself turned around. So um, definitely always have a plan for knowing how to, um, to travel into and out of those areas uh, that way you don't get stuck anywhere 
but Onyx is really good too. It's an awesome tool that I use when I'm on trail. So yes, you can absolutely use it for driving. You can look at the roads, the routes, um, save all those waypoints, but I also use it when I'm in the field. So I will mark my car location um, or I will mark my drop location. So here's an example. We used a transporter in Kodiak, Alaska. And you would think like, okay, this boat is taking me to the beach. Obviously, you're just going to come back to that beach, but there's so many beaches that look alike. And once you get up and you're walking and you're you know pushing through timber and you're coming out and you're here and you're there and you saw that deer and you're running that way, it can be really like, okay, well, which one was it? So always, this is without saying every single time for me, no matter what kind of hunt it is, or if it's my home state of Oregon, or if I'm up in Alaska, I always drop my first initial waypoint so I know where I want to get back to. At a minimum, I do that on Onyx every single time. You want to know where to get back to. So drop that waypoint, make sure it's saved. I color code things as well. You can do that too if you want to. That way every year, you know, if it was the 2022 season or the 21 season, um, but definitely use on X or something similar to keep yourself, um, you know, able to navigate back to from or in or out of where you're going. Um, and then always, always, always have fun. If you're going out there and you're just scared the entire time, it's probably not going to fill your cup in the way that you want it to. So again, start small, start with something that feels doable for you, even if it's still a stretch of your comfort zone. That way you can start to build joy while you're building your confidence. And before you know it, you'll truly be unstoppable. Um, I can't tell you how inspired I am by the stories that I get uh, nearly weekly from people who are sharing their successes. And that is everything from their first harvest to a first excursion or taking their kid on their first successful experience outdoors. And honestly, I don't know if there's much that brings me more joy than the moments where people are just expressing their thankfulness and their um, just experience. Like, gosh, it feels good to be able to go out there and be capable of having the outdoors at your fingertips and knowing that, you know, yeah, there's so many elements and things that are out of our control, but there is really nothing that compares to the soul filling nature of what the outdoors can provide. So I hope this podcast episode today really inspired you to start where you're at. Um, It doesn't have to look like anybody else's story. It doesn't have to look like anybody else's process and it doesn't have to be flawless. Um, it just has to be something that brings you joy and that keeps you continuing to move forward and to grow. I think the moment we start to feel stagnant in our lives, it's a dangerous place to be. So I hope that today you're feeling a little bit more compelled to go out there and conquer your bucket list adventures. All right. I am going to head out for the day. I want to just leave you with one more thing. I appreciate you so much. Uh, the community that I get to be a part of. Uh, is really honestly just um, what ignites me to show up all the time. Um, I've watched this podcast grow from 2017 when it first made its debut to now. And it is not without people like you who, you know, hit me in the DMs and just say thank you or share your experience or send me your harvest pictures. Um, It makes me so incredibly happy. And you guys are honestly what this entire podcast is about. 
So thank you for showing up with me. Thank you for being a part of it. And always, always, always thank you for keeping me inspired. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.